You know, there are many attempts by many people, people of goodwill, but attempts to reduce the gospel to something like, just be nice, or be kind, or be merciful, or be hospitable, or inclusive. And of course, the gospel includes all of these things. Christianity, Catholicism includes all of these things. But the inclination, the temptation to reduce the gospel to one of these features. There are many parables, many words from the life of, from the words of Christ, and even many parts of the Old Testament that rebuke that thesis, if you will, that the gospel can be reduced to one of these features. And this is one of them. One of the parables that disprove it, that the gospel is not simply be kind, be merciful. So how do we understand it? How do we understand this gospel in the light of revelation, in the light of tradition? I'm going to try to answer that by walking us through a sermon by St. Augustine. St. Augustine, of course, from the fourth century, doctor of the church, perhaps the main influencer, if you will, the, main, the person who has had the most influence in the life of the church, has written a, go- a sermon on this gospel. So I'm going to walk us through it. And this may be a little bit longer of a homily than a regular daily mass homily. I hope you'll forgive me on this first Friday on this memorial of the Sacred Heart. So first he asks the question of who the virgins are. And he says, not just the religious, not just the clergy, and not just the lady, but all of the church. And in regards to marriage, married persons, he says, of course, they don't have virginity of body, but they have virginity of faith, or they're called to virginity of faith which produces wedded chastity. Everyone's called to chastity. It looks different within marriage, but chastity nonetheless. And he says, few have virginity in the body, the religious, the clergy, the celibate, but in the heart all ought to have it. Those are the virgins. And St. Paul writes, I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. And he's speaking here of of the church as a whole. But then he continues, St. Paul, But I fear, lest as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So even though the church as a whole is the bride of Christ and we're members of the church, each individual can be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So then the virgin is one, and these are Augustine's words, whoever then abstains from unlawful excitement of the senses. Unlawful seeing, unlawful hearing, unlawful smelling, unlawful tasting, and unlawful touching. And why five? He does this often in his sermons. Five virgins symbolize five senses, has an element of, of the whole. So all Christian souls together. And so such souls as have the Catholic faith. Not just the Catholic faith in the intellect, but the Catholic faith in the will, practicing the Catholic faith, abstaining from this unlawful, these unlawful excitements of the senses. So those are the virgins. Now, what are the burning lamps? So there are ten virgins, all ten of them brought burning lamps. He says that those are good works, and he makes references to other parables explaining how, how we can know that. So burning lamps refer to our good works, our good Christian works. But this raises the questions, question, why have five been admitted and why were five rejected? The five wise and the five foolish. Now notice the five foolish are included in both of these things that I've said. 
they are practicing Catholics abstaining from the unlawful excitement of the senses and also they're practicing good works. So the five foolish, why were they rejected? So this is the question he's going to try to answer. And he gives a long list of he, he who will not see what is evil refuses the embrace. Oh, these are things, these are examples of good works. Will not see what is evil, refuses the embrace of another man's wife, breaks bread with the hungry, visits the sick, receives the stranger in his home. He surely is a virgin. So this person surely is a virgin. Surely he has lambs. But this could be one of the, one of the foolish virgins. And then he says this line. I love this line. This is... This can be applied to our lives as a whole. And anytime we're seeking an answer, he says, what, what seek we more? Something yet I seek. This is St. Augustine. Something yet I seek. What do you seek yet, one will say? Something yet I seek. The Holy Gospel has set me on a search. Whenever we think we know God, I know God already, I'm, I'm done, I've already figured it out. That's a, a sure indicator that we don't, that we've missed it. The Holy Gospel has set me on a search. So we go searching. Okay, so in the parable, what's the difference between the wise and the foolish? It's the oil. The oil within the parish is the difference. And what, what does the oil signify? Well, he gives an answer and then he explains it. His answer is charity, Christian charity. And charity oftentimes is translated as love, but we know that that's often not an apt translation because love is defined in many, in many different ways. So it's better to stay with charity, Christian charity. And he says that oil rises to the top, charity rises to the top. Faith, hope, and charity are the theological virtues, but only one remains, and that is charity. But he's going to go on and explain what this means. Now, when the time comes, they go out and go and meet the bridegroom to go with the heart, to be waiting for his coming. And then we, we're continuing with the, par- the parable. They all slept. Now, some have interpreted it to mean the love, the charity that's growing cold. And he explains why that can't be the case here. Instead, it's death. Sleeping here refers to death. And that's something that no one escapes. Not the foolish, not the wise. At midnight, there was a cry. What what does midnight mean? When there's no expectation, no belief at all, there's ignorance. All of our computations, our predictions of when the world is going to end, of even when each one of our lives is going to end, those, always, those never work. They always break, break down because we don't know the day nor the hour. And, and in, the Lord, in the words of Jesus, it, death comes as a thief in the night. We come when we're not aware. So this is midnight, death. The foolish virgins brought no oil with them. So there was a cry, so now the bridegroom is coming. And now they realize that the foolish virgins brought no oil with them in their vessels. In their, the vessels meaning in their hearts, Augustine says. And he says here, man does not create the olive, the olive which produces the oil. The oil is a gift from God. Man carries it. So carry it, carry it in their hearts. So not something that we create, but something we receive and something that we carry. The foolish virgins brought no oil with them in their vessels. And here he begins to explain the difference between the foolish and the wise. What, what does it mean to ha- carry Christian charity? And what does it mean to not? Even though both are doing good works, Both are abstaining from unlawful expressions of the senses or use of the senses. So he says, no oil with them in their vessels. 
to please men with their abstinence. That's what they're seeking to do, the foolish. They're seeking to please men with their abstinence and by their good works. To do good works, to be praised by men, that means to have no oil within. The lamps burned, their lamps burned, but not with oil. With what? With the praises of men. As long as they received the praises of men, their lamps burned and they kept doing good works. So now the bridegroom comes and they realize that they're without oil and they ask for the wise virgins for their oil. Give us of your oil for our lamps are going out. Now you see here, this is why the wise virgins are not capable of giving them any oil. And we, we hear this story, we think, wow, the, those wise virgins, they were really harsh. Why didn't they just share their oil with them? Well, the, the foolish virgins, they're still doing the same thing. They're going after the praising of men, the recognition of men. And now they're going for the wise virgins. They could have, Augustine says, they could have simply repented. But that's not what they did. They went out for the, asking the wise virgins for, for their help. So it sounds nice to be going, to be asking someone else for their oil. But it's still seeking to shine with others' oil, with the oil of someone else, to walk after others' praises. And so we hear their harsh response. Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. In other words, continue to do what you've been accustomed to do. You've been going to others for your oil. Continue to do that. We can't provide it for you. We can't give you empty flattery. We can't give you the praises of men. It would be sinful, and we must be humble. This is Augustine unpacking this, their response. It would be sinful, and we must be humble, aware of our own sins, praying constantly for the forgiveness of our sins. We can't judge ourselves. The king alone is the judge. So no oil, doing good works. The lamps are burning, doing good works, but to glorify oneself. With oil, doing good works to glorify God. So now while they're out going to buy more oil, seeking for persons by, by whom to be praised and comforted, and they find none, now the bridegroom comes. The wise virgins went in with him into the marriage and the door was shut. The church, this symbolizes the church being glorified then with Christ. And the foolish virgins came back afterwards and they began to knock, they began to knock, let us in, but it was too late. Augustine says there is a time of mercy and a time of judgment. Right now is the time of mercy. This is the time to repent. After death, there's no more time for mercy. That's the time for judgment. So the time of mercy and time of judgment. They begin to knock. And there are other parables that says, knock and you'll be open to you. And that refers to the time of mercy, he says. So that works during the time of mercy. But after death, it's too late. That's the time of judgment. So Christ answers, I know you not. Christ knows them intellectually, of course. Christ knows all things. God knows everything and everyone. But he says here, I know you not. I know you not relationally. I have no knowledge of you. You have refused me. You haven't come to me. You have gone to other men instead. I refuse you. I reject you. Because you have refused me, you have instead sought the praises of men. So that's the difference between have, being a wise virgin and, have, and being a foolish virgin. And I'll close with this paragraph by St. Augustine as he closes his sermon. <clears throat> 
The five wise virgins came and went in. How many are you, my brethren, in the profession of Christ's name? Let there be among you the five wise, but not five such persons only. Let there be among you the five wise, belonging to this wisdom of the number five. For the hour will come, and come when we know not. It will come at midnight, watch ye. Thus did the gospel close. Watch, for you know neither the day nor the hour. But if we are all to sleep, how shall we watch? Watch with the heart, watch with faith, watch with hope, watch with charity, watch with good works. And then, when you shall sleep in your body, the time will come that you shall rise. And when you shall have risen, make ready the lamps. Then shall they go out no more. Then shall they be renewed with the inner oil of conscience. Then shall that bridegroom fold you in his spiritual embrace. Then shall he bring you into his house, where you shall never sleep, where your lamp can never be extinguished. But at present we are in labor, and our lamps flicker, and the winds and temptations our lamps flicker amid the winds and temptations of this life. But only let our flame burn strongly, that the wind of temptation may increase the, fr- the fire. I love this image. A fire burning, a wind can blow it out, or it can actually make the fire stronger. And that's, the temptation is the wind. So that's up to us. What's our response to the temptation? To let the fire, to allow, the, to allow it to blow out the fire, or to allow it to feed the fire, to, to fan the fire so that it grows stronger. And the main way we do this, of course, is by going to confession, confessing our sins, including the sin of seeking the approval of others, of lighting up our light, our lamp, with, the, with, the, with not the oil, but with the praises of men. That the wind of temptation may increase the fire rather than put it out.